how do vegan parents deal with the challenges of not just being vegan in a non-vegan world, but sharing those values with their children? Last month, three adults shared their stories of growing up vegan. Now it's the parents' turn. We're at VegFest UK in the port city of Bristol in the west of England with our first ever studio audience. People have popped away from the food and bands to talk about vegan parenting. And from the sun. I'm not sure anyone will believe us, but it is a sunny day in England. With Ian McDonald and Diana Fleischman. With stories and analysis. This is... The Vegan Option. <laughs> Um, we're happy to be joined by, what's your name? Lauren. Laura? Lauren. Lauren. And what are you, you painting as Lauren? Adia. You look very nice. What's your name? Sarah. Sarah Lauren's mom. Okay, so we're just going to get started. Um, um, so if you're a regular listener, you saw Ian's Please for Votes on the internet, you might remember that this festival nominated us for their media award. Um, we didn't get it, but thank you to everyone who voted for us. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Last month, we heard from a flexitarian Green Party activist who appeared as a vegan baby on the BBC in 1976. A woman brought up vegan in an African Hebrew Israelite religious community in Israel. And if you don't know who they are, uh, hear the episode. It was really an amazing story and the son of animal rights activists, who is now raising vegan children of his own. Listeners called our last episode very interesting and fascinating, but my favorite reaction was from someone who runs an anti-vegan website. He surprised us by writing, my favorite part of the episode was when the vegan decked the meat eater and challenged him to fight back. <laughs> so let's refresh our memories about what it's like to grow up vegan by hearing more from Mare, who didn't get much time in our last episode. In the year 2000, the original soy milk maker Plamil published Vegan Infants Case Histories. That's the Vegan Infants Case Histories that Ian's waving about. Now, with an update on Mare. In our last show, she talked about straying at age eight and being won back to veganism by Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons. Puberty has hit Mare, traveling at the speed of light, and my tomboy has disappeared under trendy clothes, makeup, nail varnish, perfume, earrings, brightly coloured hairbands, and regularly sleeps over at friends' houses. Yeah, my mum showed me them. I was quite embarrassed at the time. Uh, what was it like to be brought up vegan? Um, I didn't really consider it that much when I was growing up because um, my mum was vegan um, and my, my brother and dad were omnivores. Um, it wasn't until I really got to school that I noticed that my diet was a bit strange. <laughs> when I used to come in with my packed lunch with tahini and they take sandwiches and sort of at children's parties, I wouldn't be allowed certain foods. Um, so I sort of took it for granted. Um, I, I didn't really think about the morality of it until I was about eight years old. Um, and for a while I wanted to... I tried eating an omnivore diet when I was about eight years old. Yes. Um, just because I wanted to fit in for a bit. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm glad that I did because I think if I was raised vegan, then um, I, I feel like I've made my own choice about it now. But if 
I wasn't raised vegan. I could have just been raised an omnivore. And I think it, it's a bit better that I chose to do it myself now. And then I did try the other sort of diet. So so how come your brother was raised omnivorous and you were raised vegan? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think um, it's because my my mum remarried when I was one years old. So um, he's my half-brother and um, it was my stepdad. But I think of him as my dad. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, I think my dad just wanted him to eat meats and be normal. But um, my mum my said that she did try raising me vegetarian at first, but, but then apparently I was lactose intolerant. Um, so I went to a, a kid's party and I had some cheese and I just came out of an eczema. So she thought it would be easier if I was vegan. And then... Um, I suppose um, she just she didn't have meat in the house, so she wouldn't have been giving me meat. And then I guess it was just something that stuck. But then I think when I went to about eight, I think it's because my dad and brother were eating normally, and my brother got to have all these sweets and the different types of foods that I thought I'd I'd like to try that. So yeah, I went back to I, when I was um, a teenager when I went to university. I was vegetarian for a bit as well because um, it was a bit too expensive. Um, trying to be vegan and I didn't really know how to cook vegan food um, when I lived at home with my mum she mainly fed us Linda McCartney sort of ready meals you know like the pies and sausages and then sort of chips and they're, they're pretty much just basic meals like pasta curry chips and some sort of meat based well fake meat product um, but when I went to university or when I stayed around friends houses as a teenager it was a bit too expensive to do that um so i started eating eggs and cheese and um drinking normal milk but when i started learning how to cook more i went back to being vegan because um i i sort of thought that the the suffering of the animals outweighed um my laziness <laughs> i thought basically i was just being vegetarian because i was being lazy and i couldn't be bothered to cook things properly and it was cheaper so I made more of an effort to follow a vegan diet again. And um, I've stuck to it since, and I've been quite happy with it. I, mean, I knew animals had feelings and a consciousness because we had pets. But it, it wasn't until I was eight that I connected to all those animals that you see in the fields. They're just like the pets that we have at home, and I wouldn't want them to be in pain or suffering, and it's, it's just very cruel and unfair. So... I've just stuck with those same values since then. And I, I probably, I don't know whether I'd have the same values if my mum wasn't vegan. You see how important it is to learn how to cook, Ian? Then it's lucky I'm an expert. <laughs> you should see me grate carrots. You need to learn how to do something else. <laughs> so um, now we're going to talk a little bit about some things around um, uh, vegan uh, parenting. Robin Moore from RaisingVegKids.com wrote to say... Social situations can be tricky, so I think we need to approach them with comfort, creativity, and be proud of the fact that we are raising compassionate kids with integrity. Oh, Hello! Uh, this is Lauren, and she's three, and she's a vegan. Yeah. And um, ha have you raised her from birth as oh, a yes. vegan? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what do, you, what do you tell Lauren about animals that you, that, uh, how people who eat animals and things like that? We haven't gone any, into anything too graphic yet because I think children feel a natural affinity anyway um, and she understands that other people eat chickens and we don't and she understands that uh, pigs, uh, 
eat, people eat pigs and that we don't. And I say to her, would you like to? She says no. Um, and we go to animal sanctuaries occasionally. So she's quite happy because she doesn't want to eat an animal. American writer Ruby Roth has one answer to the question of what we tell our children. She's written the, the children's books, Why We Don't Eat Animals, and last month's Vegan is Love. I asked her to sum up the message that she's given to thousands of children. Well, my books are based on the idea of choices. And I think that the more information we give our kids that allows them to make educated choices themselves, then the more likely they are to make wise choices on their own. So I think every child is capable of much more than most of the world gives them credit for, especially the Western countries. There are no um, universally accepted ideas of what children can and cannot handle. The concept of childhood uh, differs throughout time and throughout history and throughout the world. So I think every child is different, but um, the discussion can begin as, as early as they begin to speak. You just tell the children the way it is. I think the easiest way out of any predicament is to tell the truth. And um, whatever wording that works for people, um, I think will work for their children. So there'll be lots of parents in the audience for this show, I hope. And they might wonder what you know about children, why you were particularly inspired to write these books. Well, I was teaching art at an elementary school, and the children were all really curious about why I wasn't eating the cheese and the milk that was being served to them at recess. Sorry, and elementary school, school is how old? Um, they, it's first to fifth grade here, so they're anywhere from, um, you know, like six and seven through ten and eleven. So what did you tell them in the classroom when they were asking? I just started to share my views about animals, that I choose not to eat animals because there's no way to eat animals without hurting them. And the more I shared, the more interested they were about this lifestyle that makes an instant and positive impact on the world that we live in. Any kid is especially interested when it comes to animals and protecting animals. This book and Vegan Choices really make sense to kids. Vegan is Love has had quite an immediate impact. You've been interviewed on CNN, NBC and Fox. The Amazon reviews are either five stars out of five or the absolute minimum, nothing ever in between. How would you describe the ranges of reaction you've had to the book? The response has been tremendous from support that's coming in from all around the world um, all the way to hate mail that comes in from around the world. And um, Hate mail? Hate, yeah, people actually writing letters about just how absurd they think the book is and how children cannot make these decisions on their own and... Um, how dare I come on to TV and talk about these issues? Just, I mean, those the hate mail is actually the most absurd because you can tell 
when someone is informed and has an educated argument and when somebody is uninformed and has an uneducated argument, which is usually the case. Um, but I've heard from everybody from military men to militant vegans and moms and even meat eaters who are just interested in the discussion. If you have one suggestion for parents raising vegan children, what would it be? I think the journey is really about adding new foods in to the repertoire than taking them away. I think the more we include kids in um, our discussions and our choices, whether we're shopping at the grocery store or at the farmer's market, um, explaining why we spend our dollars the way we do, then the more they understand and the more this kind of education lasts a lifetime for a child. Rupert Roth, thank you very much. Lauren, what are you? A vegan. How long have you been vegan, Lauren? A vegan. Yeah. He's a vegan dad. <laughs> um, so, tell tell me your name. Dominic. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, in terms of you being a vegan dad. <laughs> in terms of being a vegan dad, um, well, it's really important to me to bring up a ch my child as a vegan because I think when you bring a child into the world, uh, every every human being has an impact on the world, on the environment. Uh, on the other animals that we share the earth with. And so uh, I think the best way to minimize that impact is to bring your child up as a vegan. And what do you tell Lauren about animals and, and things? Um, pretty much tell her the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Um, probably leaving out some of the more graphic detail. But I, th I, I don't... We I don't. Needed to, haven't we? we haven't needed to, she gets it. Like, like I, I think... It's mine to do, not yours. <laughs> You've had yours. <laughs> um, what I really hate is these books that go, the pig gives us bacon, the cow gives us milk. I mean, what an absolute load of uh, rubbish, for want of a stronger word. It's, um, it's lies. What, what, if you're going to have children, why lie to them about the world? You bring them into the world and then lie to them. What, what's the point? Why even have a child in the first place? Tell them the truth. You know, otherwise, how's the world ever going to change? So, in our last podcast, we had talked to people who were vegan from birth, and some people, like, rebelled, and they wanted to try things that other children had tried. Have you all thought much about what to do if, you're, uh, if Lauren rebels or if your other children um, end up rebelling? Well, so far, she came home from nursery, and her little friend decided she wanted to be a vegan. So, <laughs> so far, it's kind of gone the other way, she's seen. Um, rather than, but yes, um, you, you just manage things, provide op options, uh, make sure there's always an alternative available, um, and explain really thoroughly why we are vegan and why it's important. But, but you know, if she says one day I want to eat bacon, well, we'll just make sure there's some vegan bacon in the fridge or something, you know, just try and make sure there's always an alternative, and it's always a good alternative, and, and you know, you've got to understand the situation. She, she amazes me because she um, she's almost more vegan than I am. She's absolutely committed to it at the age of three, well, even probably at two. She won't touch anything that isn't vegan at the moment, so I can't really see um, her rebelling. I, yeah. 
straight away she'll say, no, I don't want it. And, and if someone, the parent says, oh, I don't know if it's vegan because they don't know what it means, she'll say, I don't want it then. Yeah, she's really good at that. Yeah, I think she's just, I'm hoping, I mean, at the moment, it just looks like she's just going to be uh, a vegan because she wants to be, because she knows the truth. What if she, if she grows up and she changes her mind and she decides to eat meat, how, how would you handle that, do you think? I... I haven't, I haven't thought about it because I can't, I absolutely can't see it happening. It's, it's a bridge that I will cross when it, when it comes to me. That is, unfortunately, all we have time for. This is a podcast. You can go on as long as you like. Well, this is all of our listeners' time that we're taking up. Our thanks to Mayor Perkins and Ruby Roth, to Rob Masters for the music, to Tim and JP at VedFest UK for hosting us, um, to for Kevin and Petrina Butler for assisting us so ably with the studio setup, and our first ever outside recording. Find more, including pictures of the event, at theveganoption.org. Please follow Vegan Option on Twitter, like Vegan Option on Facebook, give us good reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, and now YouTube. The show is copywriters, Ian McDonald reporting and producing, and Diana Fleischman chatting away. Goodbye until next month. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-